You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Time to take that journey into mystery as this week we continue our journey into the MCU that didn't happen because John is joining us again, Ian. Wow. Hi, John. I know. What are you doing here? I thought we changed the locks last time. The door was open, though, so locks don't help if you you don't actually use them. Mitch, we talked about this. (laughs) I'm bad with locks. What can I say? Now, John, was was there a rock in front of the door? Was was there a rock propping it open? Uh, there was a sign that said "No Johns Allowed," but as it says plural, I figured one John was good enough. Damn semantics! You got, you got us there. All right, fine. <laughs> John has returned to talk about the trial of the Incredible Hulk. I'm sure everybody's excited to talk about. Oh boy! <laughs> I, I'm going to put my thought out here. Before we get too far into it, I have been the one saying (laughs) that the Incredible Hulk movies are charming and that they're the saving grace so far. But I think I've had as much of the Incredible Hulk as I can (laughs) can muster at this point. And I know we got one more to go. And I for this this grouping of the Incredible Hulk. You have two more to go, technically. Yeah, I mean, we have two more Hulk movies, but one more Bill Bigsby Incredible Hulk movie. Um, That's right. We we watched The Trial of the Incredible Hulk from 1989, and we have thoughts about it. But before we get into that, we're going to talk a little bit about the latest MCU news, and then probably talk a little bit about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier available on Disney Plus Episode 1. And the, after that, we're going to talk about how Mitch doesn't like salt and vinegar chips, which I just found out about. Yeah, because I'm not a monster. I, I, I think that makes you a monster. <laughs> I think what that actually means is that you don't have the palate of a educated, sophisticated adult. That's fine. I'll stick, that, I'll stick who, has my, the, who has the educated palate, me or Mitch? <laughs> <laughs> That's very vague, John. This is why we had that sign. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure uh, he was implying that you have the sophisticated palate. I'll stay down here with the, the swine and eat my cheddar chips. <laughs> uh, I mean, cheddar chips are fine, but like, damn. <laughs> well... The MCU and Disney have made a decision. Black Widow is not coming out at the end of April. (laughs) They are pushing it back one more time to July 9th, I believe. Uh, And with that, it is going to be available day and date in the theater and Disney Plus at the premium access uh, price or premier access price. Sorry. How do you feel about that, Ian? All set. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm real mad about it. Um, 
<clears throat> as much as I love talking about uh, these these old TV, made for TV movies that I I don't get them, but as much as I, as much as I'm, I'm having a good time, Mitch, I want to talk about something new. I want to talk about like, oh, hey, look at that. What's that gonna mean? What's that actually? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna make it that much more lovely. Uh, John, are you going to go to the theater and watch this movie? You're gonna pay the thirty bucks and watch it at Disney Plus. Um, I mean, I think it's worth risking COVID to go watch it in the theater because. 30 bucks just feels like it's a little too much. I mean, uh, it's either that or just wait till they make it just part of their regular streaming rotation, which is usually about three months later. Um, the 30 bucks you get to have it, you get to watch it anytime you want for that three months. Will I need to watch it more than once? <laughs> maybe, maybe I mean, it's going to be just as great as India in game. I mean, See. I haven't watched Endgame since the premiere at the theater when we watched it all as a bit one big happy group. <laughs> that See, just seems sad. I'm I'm <laughs> hesitant to pay the thirty dollars because I know this isn't going to happen. Don't you screw me, Disney? <laughs> um, that I'm really nervous for the, like the Wonder Woman eighty four effect, <laughs> and like. Track record shows that there's a good chance that it's going to be a fun, good movie. This is true. I, I mean, I'm already hardwired to love this movie because it has Taskmaster in it. Like, one of my right. favorite like Marvel characters. So, uh, right. I don't know. I, I, I hope by that point I'll be vaccinated and be able to be a little bit safer and go and see it in the theaters. We'll just have to see what happens around July 9th. Wait, it's July 9th? July 9th. That's right. I thought it was June 9th when I read it. Oh, my God. It, it just went back another month for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle this anymore. <clears throat> don't quit the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mitch, I quit. John, congratulations. You just inherited a new show. <laughs> I'm out. Um, I'm taking the dog with me. Changing the subject. No Ian's allowed. <laughs> we still get the one <laughs> jokes on you i'm on the lease <laughs> <laughs> uh but moving to, to july 9th it took over the place for shang chi and the legend of the ten rings so that is now being moved to september 3rd uh, i don't believe they have made any decision on whether or not that will be available premiere access wise um but that means two months after Black Widow, Shang-Chi comes out. And two months after Shang-Chi, Eternals comes out because that did not move its date. And that's coming out still in, in November. So we will have three Marvel movies in six months. And then in December, you'll have uh, Spider-Man. So that's four Marvel movies in seven months before the end of the year. Give, give me all of them. I need. I'm. I, I'm hurting. I'm hurting, Mitch. I'm Jones, and I'm fiending over here. Like, I really think you are. I'm, I don't know how much of these I can take. Let's see. We're in. We're at the end of. Or we're the middle. We're at the end of March. So April, May, June, July. You only got four months. 
Only four months. I'm Mitch. sorry, three months. You got You can take July out of there because it's it's you know it's the beginning only of the month. three months, Mitch. <laughs> uh, so everyone, pray for Ian. I need it. <laughs> we need Ian to make it to that premiere. So there you go. Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, however. I assume everybody has watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode one at this point. Yes, we have. It's been watched. It has been watched. That's right. John and I watched it for the Geeks Watch. We talked about the first episode on that episode this past Sunday. We're going to get Ian's opinion also now. It's the episode's called New World Order. How do you how do you feel about the about the where we've they've put our our heroes after Endgame, Ian? Um, I like it. <clears throat> I really do. Um, it was, uh, it was a, a good perspective, a nice like set of perspective, uh, to see kind of what the general populace thinks of the Avengers post Endgame. So like the scene, uh, out in like when he was, uh, when Sam was fixing, uh, Red Wing and mm-hmm. like out there at the table and they're just kind of like having coffee, shooting the shit, that whole thing. And the guy comes up and he's like, you saved my wife. Thank you so much. That's great. That's fantastic. Especially because it's not like I'm this like skulky secret guy, you know, I'm like I'm just a dude out here fixing a multi-million dollar robot and having <laughs> some coffee. <clears throat> um, and again, I've said this before last season, if that's what you want to call it when we were in the, like in the trenches with the MCU movies, um, Bucky is probably one of my favorite characters that came out of the MCU. Um, I loved Captain America winter soldier. And the fact that we get this framing on Buck, just trying to put his life back together. And he's, he's going to therapy and he's, like interested in in girls again kind of but not really it's kind of weird because he's really old but like he doesn't look really old and like is he old but he's not i don't know um i like just the 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 tragedy that is james buchanan barnes it do you think it's it's odd that like people can walk up to uh the falcon or sam wilson right in the middle of the street and be like Hey, thank you, and like they recognize him, but like no one recognizes Buck as the Winter Soldier. Like even the fact that I understand when he was a Winter Soldier, he wears a mask, and he he was all about being secretive. But when Civil War came about, they were plastering his face everywhere because like he was wanted for that murder. Yeah. So the fact that that's why he cut his hair. Ah, you cut the yeah. hair and you you look completely different. That's fair. It's it's, it's the Clark Kent effect. <laughs> I mean, that's also why he went and hung out in Wakanda for so long <laughs> because everybody saw his face. I don't, did, and did, it's been they, five years. Did they send out an email that was just like, "Hey, this guy, we wanted him. It was the wrong guy." Uh, <laughs> there was a big report. We're cool. He we're cool. Save with people. Him. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. um I, I, was, I was outraged by the end of it. Oh, I think you and just about everybody else in the world, like I couldn't, have, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom how many memes came out about wanting to punch <laughs> uh, 
John Walker, Captain America's face. Like everybody came up to the same synopsis of "I want to punch that guy." Like I don't know how they filmed it, but they filmed it in such a way that everybody had the exact same reaction of "I need to punch that face." And it wasn't even like "I need to punch that guy." It was more of just like the audacity. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't Captain America. Yeah, like everybody just listened to Sam go off on this thing about like. It's not mine. It's not right. Like, nobody can live up to the expectation that is Captain America because no one will be Steve. There was only one and only Steve Rogers. This belongs in a museum. Harrison Ford comes running into the room and high fives him because he's like, yes, it does belong in a museum. (laughs) And then he runs off. And then by the end of it, they're just like, all right, we need a Captain America. So we broke the glass case and gave this this doucher a shield. This poor guy literally has said absolutely nothing in the show yet. Hasn't done any action other than walk up some steps and turn around and smile. And he's like, fuck this guy. Fuck him in his face. But Mitch, the audacity audacity. is what everybody's... The audacity. The nerve. The nerve of this man. The the nerve of the government. (laughs) The nerve of this man. The nerve of the, the nerve. seamstress for making that costume. <laughs> the nerve of the museum. Because <laughs> you just got Cap's shield. Like, the shield that he that he fought and defended Earth with. Is it, though? Because the shield that he fought... Oh, no. Yeah, it was busted. That got busted. And I have no idea where this other shield came from. Did did the Wakandan yeah. people make him a new shield, like, the day Probably. after? Or- Probably. Probably. Or is this one They're that like, he, he grabbed in when he went back in time and hung out with uh, Peggy again? Well, he's like, hey, uh, <clears throat> like Wakanda as a as a country is like, th- thanks for for fighting everybody. Like the final fight in uh, in like the Phantom Menace, you know, with the force field and all the droids coming in. <laughs> Very similar fight. Thanks for doing that, man. We love it. Um, anyway, here's a new shield because we saw yours got busted. Thanks, man. <laughs> and he's like, oh, oh yeah, see, Black Panther gifted him two shields at, at the end of Infinity War. I'm sure they just melted them down and made a new uh, circular shield with that one. So yeah, he <laughs> always had two shields after after the battle at Infinity War. Right. One was sheerly decorative, though. But wait, so- wait, wait! Didn't Black Panther <laughs> disappear at the end of Infinity War? Didn't he snap away? <laughs> he got snapped. Yeah, but, but he didn't take the shields with him. <laughs> I'm gonna guess but, that the Wakandan people had were were a little bit worried about something other other things than just to be like let's melt down these shields and make another one for <laughs> for Steve Rogers. So, I think as a whole, the internet had a similar reaction to this new Cap, who I have thoughts on, by the way, um, <clears throat> as to what he's gonna end up being. Um, this new Cap is on the same shelf as like Breaking Bad's Meth Damon. Oh, <laughs> I forget that actor's name. I do too, and I feel really bad that that's really the only way Jesse I know Plankton, him. Is it? No, but whereas like a collective gasp, we were all like, "You really just shot that kid?" <laughs> 
Really? Like, I'm sorry, Breaking Bad spoilers, but like, watch the damn show. It's great. Um, <laughs> See, we go right back to potato chips right I now. Know. I'm, I'm making Ian Matt so mad this episode. <laughs> Fortunate Son plays. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Everybody was like, you just shot that kid? What the hell? And then this Captain America comes out and says, you you took that shield out of its protective case? What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Not not my Steve Rogers. Not my Captain America. The the Uh main problem with this guy, though, is that we haven't seen... Like, maybe he's earned the right. Maybe he's self-sacrificing and brave and worthy just as much as Steve Rogers is. But we haven't seen any of that. All we've seen is that perfectly punchable face <laughs> with that goofy-looking helmet that makes his chin look way too wide. And his ears and stick he out. Just, yeah, so it, right now, yes, the, the way that they're framing it, it's like, yeah, this is the new Cap, but has he earned the right to be the new Cap? And the way they're framing it, no, he hasn't. We just but all assume could no. He, Yes, we're all jumping probably to the correct assumption that it's a no, but we don't know yet. We're definitely not giving them a chance, and in future episodes, we'll probably get a little bit more about that. We probably will. We probably will. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss my my thought on on where we're gonna go with uh, <clears throat> imposter Captain America. Um, and that's that's pretty much the last I have to say on this show. <laughs> but I think because they were typing up like, oh, there's three bad guys. Like, there's there's a bunch of villains coming out. What if this is Hydra Cap? Uh, I mean, there's a possibility that it's Hydra Cap. I mean, John Walker himself in the comic books is, doesn't end up being a good guy. Well, at least not the yeah. whole time. So, like, I I would be super down if it was like Captain America, Hydra agent, Esquire. <laughs> I mean, between in uh, Winter Soldier, uh, the, the the movie Winter Soldier, and the beginning of this episode, we know that there are a lot of Hydra agents in the U.S. government. Uh, Bucky was able to take out one uh, the legal way, so to speak, in this episode alone, uh, as he crossed off names on his uh, his notebook. <laughs> Why don't you bring up that real quick, by the way? Um, this We didn't discuss this in the previous podcast we did together because I hadn't caught it. But one of the names on that list is Baron Zemo. I would assume that he would want to get revenge on Baron Zemo or at least take him down. Take, take some kind of amends to him. Yeah, for... make amends. That's what, that's what he's supposed to be doing. I'm sorry. In his best, uh, my name is Earl way. <laughs> <laughs> If Bucky comes into a hundred thousand dollars at some point, <laughs> I need him to grow a mustache and get a really cool brother that he can just drive around in an El Camino with. There you go. I'm all for that. Oh, I can't wait to see Joy then. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be it's, the Sharon Carter character. Yep, Crab Man. Crab Man. Crab Man. No, they've already set up Crab Man because Sam's from like a like a, oh, yeah. a shrimpin' family. That's true. Like a shrimpin' family. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So he knows Crab Man. So we're talking about how angry we are uh, as a as a whole. I, the other thing I also saw uh, the internet kind of jump on is being like, Tony Stark's kind of a douche. He didn't pay the people to be uh, an Avenger. Like, what's up with that? 
I I loved the meme of like Tony really out here making Avengers have to have two jobs, and it's uh, <laughs> Sam holding onto the plane with a DoorDash bag. <laughs> yeah, like I, I honestly I I would have thought like the UN or the Maria Stark Foundation somebody would have been subsidizing their income while they risk their lives. I know that's not why they do it, but. It's one of the ways that you get Peter Parker to be on the, the Avengers. You say, hey, we have money. And he's, he says, thank you. Know, you. But Tony Stark is just following the Jeff Bezos model of like, you don't stay a multi-billionaire by just giving people money. <laughs> but you stay a multi-billionaire by building way too many Iron Man suits. Because <laughs> <laughs> they benefit him and him only. <laughs> And you stay a multi-billionaire by being strictly reactionary, never once thinking about doing anything in the future. (laughs) And when you do think about doing something in the future, it's because something bad happened previously and you're trying to cut it off. You know how you stay a multi-billionaire? You marry a very smart woman who knows how to spend your money and run your company while you do stupid crap. He's like, well, it's my company. But is it? But is it? <laughs> it says Stark Industries. Yeah, but uh, is, is Pepper Potts not a Stark at this point? I mean, legally, yes. <laughs> Sorry, there, champ. I think you lost your company. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it it seems uh a weird oversight to not have money. But then again, the bigger problem is that he was gone for five years, apparently. Um, no income for five years means you can't get a bank loan. Well, that's um, – I think his sister got snapped. Like, I think that's the, the problem. Oh, well, I mean, he got snapped too, right? Yeah, they both did, I think. Yeah. But her kids, apparently, if I if I heard it correctly, her kids were still around, so – they were basically parentless for those five years. That must have, must have been interesting. Yikes! Yeah, he had the he had the comment that he when he left they were they were kid they were babies, and then when he got back they were grown up. But I mean, it's only five years; they can't be that grown up. Well, like teenagers, probably. Yeah, they're definitely teenagers. I mean, we saw them. So <clears throat> I did like the interaction of uh, when they were leaving to go to the bank. All right no video games and they were like yes video games <laughs> and if you're gonna if you're gonna sneak to do something that your parent like specifically told you not to do don't wait three seconds after the door closes and then go do the thing double check that they've at least left the driveway <laughs> <laughs> i mean that would be the smart move but you know what they didn't have any parents for five years so they're like you don't tell us what to do we know what we're doing we took care of ourselves <laughs> uh, i do love that we are diving more into the fact of like how are people getting along after coming back after five years like how does the world adapt to something like that obviously not well uh no between this wandavision and spider-man far from home like I would say this one shows the most of the rest of the world uh, how they're dealing with coming back after five years. See, I feel like you could have a whole another MCU series that doesn't even focus on any particular heroes. Like they could be in the background maybe, but just people dealing with being brought back and like all the different little things that would change the world. Um, You know, like we've discussed before in other places too that – 
you know, what if somebody remarried because of the snap and, mm-hmm. you know, just things like that. Just all these little things, the financial hits that people would have taken, somebody coming back and realizing that they don't own the house they used to live in anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, now where do I go? You know, like this was my place, all the legal ramifications. Just something with all these court proceedings, like an SVU for the snap, like the snap <laughs> victims unit would be a great show. I mean, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> I've always thought like a, a just a show about some random person that is like tangentially experiencing all the events of all the different MCU movies, like how they, they live their lives and being like, ah, man, I, I had a great job in the Bronx and then the credible Hulk in the abomination destroyed that building. So now I don't have a place to work. Dude, like that's a show. That's a show that exists somewhere that just has not coalesced yet. There's somebody <laughs> out there who has been at every major Avengers moment, just as a background extra. <laughs> I'd see if you knew your, your, uh, your Marvel like history, which they should over there. They, sh- they would, they would make that Rick Jones, like the guy that was there. When the incredible, when Bruce Banner first turned himself into the Incredible Hulk, like, <clears throat> um, and later becomes Red Hulk. Uh, like no, he didn't. Be, I don't know. He became a bomb. Oh, the other fun piece of MCU lore that we got today is we finally got the face of uh, Noob Master sixty nine. Wait, we did. Yeah, um, there's an Xbox commercial that has Sam like playing the demo like in a GameStop, and the employee comes up, but it's the same dude who was the genius at the Apple Store. No, oh. yes, and they're talking and like talking about playing all these games and whatnot, and he's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, you know, you could add me. My name's New Master Sixty Nine." No, yep. So the dude. <laughs> Who Thor directly threatened, we now have a face for. And even Sam makes a face like, oh, I know somebody looking for you. <laughs> You're lucky he's off planet. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, ah, my cousin made the name. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll link it to you. It's funny. It's, yeah, a, it's a good to, watch. I need to watch no, that but his, his has the underscore between noob and master. That's why it's a different guy, totally. Oh, a light just fell. That's fun. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, are you excited for the the next five episodes of the series? We only got six total. What? Yep. Mitch, you're hurting me today, man. I, I know. <laughs> I know. It's it's what I do, unfortunately. You're just giving me bad news after bad news after personal attack. <laughs> <laughs> That's also what I do. Yeah, I know. We've been doing this for too long. I should know it by now. <laughs> nah, I'm 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 ready. There's gonna have to be some real good storytelling over the next like five episodes. I definitely need something exciting to happen or really different to happen in the next episode. Not that I didn't enjoy the first episode and man did they spend some money on that first action scene of flying around, jumping between helicopters. That was that. That was a lot of money on the screen right there for a television series, um, and it was such a cool. It's such a cool sequence. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I was very happy about that, but yeah, um, I'm all for it. So yeah, uh, John, same review. 
Absolutely. The show, I mean, it, it started with a bang and a punchable face, and I feel like it's just <laughs> going to keep escalating till we get something pretty awesome at the end. If if we don't have Captain America, this new sham of a Captain America, <laughs> this 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 not America's ass having Kevin America, Captain America, um, if we don't have a scene where he leans down and whispers "Hail Hydra" to somebody, I'm I'm gonna be a little sad. <laughs> I do. I definitely want Sam at some point to make a comment about like. That's not America's ass. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Somebody has to say it. And I don't want to say I want this to hurry up and be done. But once we're once we're done with this, then we have Loki to look forward to. That's right. Uh, I don't so, know the exact date for that to come out yet. But yeah, I don't I don't think it's supposed to come out till like July. I want to say May. I don't I don't think it's, it's that gonna soon. be May. <laughs> uh but yeah, we do, when we also know we have Sharon Carter showing up and we have Baron Zemo to show up still. So there's definitely going to be more character and more uh, story that we have not yet seen. So okay. June 11th, by the way. So we split the difference. Yes, there we go. Right in the middle. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and talk about The Incredible Hulk, The Trial of the Incredible Hulk. Uh, this is yet another made-for-TV movie. Uh, once again, another backdoor pilot for another Marvel character. This time, Daredevil, played by Rex Smith. Uh, and this time, the movie was directed by Bill Bixby himself. <laughs> Did you feel like this movie suffered being directed by the actor? I think this movie bit. just suffered from being another <laughs> made-for-TV movie. Uh, I mean... That's, all, that's another backdoor pilot for a show that's not going to get made. It's so weird that they keep making these backdoor pilots for shows that just did not get made. And honestly, I enjoyed Rex Smith's Daredevil. Like, I really did. I yeah. thought he was he was really... The suit looks terrible, but... Like to be expected, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I you was know, it wasn't it. that far from like first couple of episodes of Netflix Daredevil. To be honest, you're right. The the blacks. It's very uh, similar to the black suit that we see Charlie Cox in it, thirty years later. <laughs> <laughs> that one felt more like a suit out of necessity. Twenty years later, not yeah. like this is the final product. <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right about that. <laughs> Um. Yeah, the I just, I just thought that it was interesting that we really didn't get all that much Hulk in this episode or this movie. Like you could call it an episode. That's what it was. Now, can it, I, I want to interject because the one thing I really wanted to get off my chest on this, and <clears throat> I mean, I'll, I'll admit I could have checked out at some point. I don't know. I think I may have actually lost. Not consciousness, but my ability to actually be aware of what's happening. There was never any any actual trial in this thing, was there? There was a dream sequence where he thought he was on trial, but there's never he's never actually on the stand. Nope, Mm -hmm. he's never on the stand. It's a dream sequence is the only time you see him in the court. And honestly, before we found out that that was a dream sequence, like when he hulks out. 
I thought he was just gonna like rip up the 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 little stand that he was in, <laughs> and then sit back down and be ready to be questioned. Like I thought he was gonna. Oh torture. my god! <laughs> that would have been that would have been perfect. And to answer the question that's gonna happen towards the end, that's what I want in the MCU. <laughs> you just want the actual Hulk to sit on trial. Like I want him to be on trial for something, and for him to get real mad and break the stand and be like, oh. My, my bad. And like try to put it back together and sit down and be like, okay, we're fine. Yeah. And, and I also wanted to point out this dream sequence was so long. There was an edit for a commercial break in the middle of it. Of course there was. There'd be the right <laughs> point where there'd be tension because if you think about it, that's like the idea of the Hulk going crazy in a courtroom, possibly hurting a judge and a whole bunch of jurors. Like, that would be the perfect time for everybody to be like, oh, well, obviously, you know, now we all know Bruce Banner is the Hulk and he's caused all this damage and he's dangerous. We need to kill him. Or I'm sorry, David B- Billsby? No, but he he called himself something else in this one. It's like Belson oh, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah Belson. David Belson. Belson, yeah. So, yeah, we didn't even get David Banner this time around. It was David Belson. Ugh. <laughs> the, I, I will say the the redeeming the redeeming factor of this movie is this is the first Stan Lee cameo. This is the first official Stan Lee cameo in a Marvel movie. He plays the jury foreman and apparently yep. was very upset that he was not allowed to do his own stunts when the <laughs> the guy his his character has to jump out of the jury uh, pool. What's that? area like called the juror box jury box yeah jury box uh yeah he was not allowed to do his own stunts how dare you <laughs> now, movie executive this, this movie came out in 89 correct correct or close enough to that <clears throat> dude stanley has been old since the 70s <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that blows my mind sometimes that he's been around for so long or was around for so long that when I mean, this was made he was already an old dude like I mean, he was in the it's military crazy. during World War II, wasn't he? Didn't he, he fought in World War II? I think so. Yeah, he would so, have been. Like, yeah, he's been a, he's a been, a, he's been around for a while. <laughs> but like, you don't really think about that though. He just kind of seems like he's one of those figures that you know, until he passed, you know, not too long ago, he just feels like he's always been around. Like he's just this like permanent fixture of pop culture and like intrinsically just connected with the MCU. That when you see him in something like this, or if you've seen pictures of him from like Comic Con atten- uh, attendances in the seventies, he was already like a super old dude even back then. He's just like wow. Like at some point, he just became kind of ageless. Yeah, he was actually a vampire. Um, <laughs> he he didn't die of natural causes. Um, Somebody found out, and they they sent a series <laughs> of vampire hunters his way. Uh, it's a whole big cover up. It's a big thing. It, uh, yeah, you know, it was right around the time that Mahershala Ali was cast, and he just took it way too method. <laughs> <laughs> I always think whenever I think of Stan, until I see a picture of him, I always think of uh, how he looks in uh, Mallrats because I think that's the first time I ever actually saw him in a thing. Yeah. That's so true. Think of him. See, I think of him as like a uh, big glasses caricature head. Yeah. <laughs> in the comics, like in the back. Yes. Yeah. Like that that's my image of, of Stan Lee, like his like caricature of himself. That's not that's not a bad one. I, I, I no. think that, that's that's appropriate. Um 
However, he also did not care for the suit that they put Daredevil in, apparently. Uh, I wouldn't either. <laughs> not so much about the color. Uh, he just didn't like the idea that the, the like flap thing that they put in front of his eyes made it apparent that he didn't need to use his eyes like kind of thing. It didn't, it didn't hide the fact that he was blind. So as opposed to the daredevil suit that we all are accustomed to, there are eyes there. Not that uh, Matt needs to use them to, to see in front of him, but it, it also doesn't tell anybody that, Hey, he doesn't need to use his eyes. Cause I mean, that's his biggest advantage is just like, I hear everything. Uh, if we're going to talk about that, because we have to eventually get to how the Kingpin takes it down, we have to talk about the Kingpin himself, uh, played by John Rhys Davies. Uh, most people know him as Gimli from The Lord of the Rings. Uh, I will always know him as Dr. Maximilian, uh, Arturo Maximilian <laughs> uh, from Sliders, because that was just a show from my childhood. Do you not remember him as Sala from Indiana Jones? Is that what you remember him from? Yeah, yeah, I think that was my first exposure to him. To I mean, I'm sure that would have been my first exposure too, but I think of him as Dr. Maximilian Arturo, or Arturo Maximilian. Uh, when, I, when I see him in Indiana Jones, all I can think is, where's your axe? <laughs> hey, I think of the camels with him. He, he, gave, <laughs> it's just he, like... he gave his axe to the Fellowship, remember? <laughs> I said... <laughs> Why the camels? We dwarves are not far sprinters. <laughs> Very dangerous over short distances. <laughs> and he's such a tall dude. And they they got him to play uh, a dwarf. Like That's all about that forced perspective. Um, I would have done it. I'm 6'5". They were like, yo, you want to be a dwarf? I'd be like, hell yeah. You know, the best stories, though, when you're watching The Lord of the Rings, especially the behind-the-scenes stuff, is that he didn't like rehearsing his fight scenes. Oh, no. He was just told what sequence the stuntmen were going to come at him. And they're like, all right, you better be ready. And he just would whack him like, yeah. really hard with the, with the prop axes. <laughs> he even talked about that at the one year that he came to the Phoenix Comic Con. He's like, they're stuntmen. This is what they get paid to do. <laughs> and then they were like, well, great. what stunt did you like to perform? He's like, I, don't tr- I try not to do any stunts. That's why we pay stuntmen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Don't lie. This, he, he actually did his own stunt for the you're going to have to toss me scene. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell the elf. Uh, but this, he took on the role of Wilson, Wilson Fisk, because they never actually call him the kingpin in the in the movie, I don't believe. Uh, he took it on without knowing what who the character was. Uh, so he didn't know that he's supposed to have a clean-shaven face and a bald head. Uh, at one point, I guess they said they couldn't find a bald cap to fit him properly. So they just went with not having to shave off his face or his head. Instead, they went with this character that is all about like technology to the point of he wears sunglasses all the time that I, I guess are some type of heads-up display that helps him to... Uh, be the kingpin and and direct people when they're committing their crimes, which are all, as we see in the very beginning, executed quite well. But but not hypnotically. But not hypnotically. That's right. We didn't have to do that this time. 
which is unfortunate because I was actually really hoping that this would have been the return <laughs> of the candlestick samurai bodyguards. <laughs> no, not this time. No, no. Uh, no, he just had like faceless like ninja guys that were really terrible at fighting. So, like when you saw them take down Daredevil. And they're just sitting there waiting for the Hulk to come up and beat them. They just kind of like, like hesitating and slowly punching Daredevil, who's on the ground. And like the Kingpin's like, "Oh yeah, he's the Daredevil's obviously dead. There's no way he could have lived through that terrible beating." Oh no! Stop! Don't don't punch him! No. <laughs> uh, but yeah. The, he the the kingpin was able to figure out that uh, sound would take take down Daredevil. Well, Bruce Banner or David Banner uh, assessed that they essentially was was, was just going to be able to use that on anybody. Anybody would have been taken down by that sound. He just happened to be more sensitive to it. Do you think that's that's it, or do you think that the Wilson Fisk was able to to figure out that this guy attacks from sound? I think is I think is Kingpin, and he's smarter than he lets on. Mm. So like, yeah, he probably figured it out. Especially because they're going to be the two going at each other the most in the non-existence Daredevil series. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I didn't think about and that. You always end up with this like weird, intimate knowledge of whoever your direct counterpart is. Like between the like jumping companies here looking at DC Batman and the Joker know like everything about each other. (laughs) So if Kingpin doesn't already know that he's blind, he will very soon. Yes. You're, you're, you're probably right. I can see that. happening. Speaking of that blindness, how did everybody here feel about the daredevil vision that we got for only one short scene? I think we got it for two. I remember seeing Was that green, two? yeah, that green radar sense, like for at least two. Uh, honestly, I I kind of dug it for 1989. I was like, I I think they used their technology pretty well. I mean, and it's pretty much what we see with with Ben Affleck later down the road, anyway. Uh, it's a little bit more defined <laughs> with the blue. Yeah, but this like, was like Predator Vision almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I, what did you think, John? I thought it looked pretty cool too. Yeah, admittedly, like you could tell that it was like a post-production video effect that they did to the footage or whatever. Right. Um, but it was effective. It conveyed what we needed it to do. Um, and the average person watching this that didn't or wasn't familiar with Daredevil, um, I feel like it would have given them a pretty good idea of what was being or what they were trying to convey. So I think that, I mean, obviously, since this was the backdoor pilot, we got to see a lot of um, Matt Murdock's life and the, the, the staff members that he has in his little law firm, uh, one being Crystal Klein, which I went to go look up because I was like, I don't remember that name anywhere in Marvel Comics, and I did not find it involved in Marvel Comics and anything other than this movie, uh, but it seemed to be his foggy nelson uh for lack of a better comparison and then they had an assistant who was ex-military but would just like 
always say the wrong thing. Uh, I don't even remember what his name was. It was the character's name, but like he knew exactly where the sun would be in comparison to this map of New York City and uh, a makeshift model of Wilson Fisk Tower. And that very much impressed me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that would instantly make me go, so who do do you work for the guy? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was a very rudimentary like model of where the sun would be. And then the thing, and it's like, Oh no, we found exactly what building it is that, uh, Daredevil would need to to go to to find David Banner or David. You know what though, Delson. But the, but that was I mean that was some shorthand detective work, sure. But if you've seen the director's cut of um the the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie, you know I have. There's a there's a scene where Foggy Nelson takes a note that somebody else had written and does like that little pencil thing with the side of the, the, the lead where like it lets you see what somebody else wrote on that note prior to it. Right. And it makes words it, it looks like it spells out the word wow. Like W O W or something like that. No, no, no. First he thinks it's he thinks it spells out the word mom, M O M. And he's puzzling over this for like the longest time. It was like mom, why would this person write mom? And then he turns it upside down and it says, wait, no, this says, wow, this is for Wilson Owens something, whatever the last name of the person was. It's like, <laughs> that's the clue right there. I'm like, really? Like, that's the, the logical leap that this had to take? This, uh, turn it upside down and it's initials now? The fact that this was a little bit more like, hey, do this for me. Now, imagine the sun is here and look at where it casts the shadow. That was like... That was still stupid, but it was so much <laughs> more believable than like that version that we got in the actual movie of this character. Which, by the way, I also wanted to point out that character you're talking about, played by Nancy Everhart, by the way, she was also in Punisher with right. Dolph Lundgren. She was also in Punisher. Uh, did she, she plays the, the the new cop, right? Yes. Yeah. The one that shows up at the beginning of the movie and just kind of has nothing to do for the rest of the movie. Yeah, right. Just basically disappears, yeah. <laughs> I could be your partner. Because I, I also I believe in the Punisher. <laughs> Frank Castle's not dead. All my beliefs about you are now gone because you share the same conspiracies I do. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how conspiracy cults work. I know. Like, <laughs> um, but so... Speaking of characters that kind of just show up and then completely get forgotten about, once again, the woman of this whole thing, uh, the lady that Bruce David saves in the in the subway, uh, she's involved for like the first two acts of the thing or the first two quarters of the of the movie. Uh, then when she gets kidnapped from the hospital. We don't see her again until like the climax of the movie. Like she's literally there just the whole thing just to be I when she showed back up, I was just like, "Oh yeah, I f- totally forgot about her." Like I forgot that she was a thing. I kind of forgot this whole movie was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> how how do you feel about her performance though? 
when, when she was around, I thought it was pretty uh, like it. You, you did the job. You you did the small part that you had. Uh, I mean, she had to interact with probably the most one of the most creepiest characters ever. Like this dude that helped kidnap her, and he's like, "Oh no, no, I'm going to be a good guy now. I, I really like you. I love you." Like coming in to the room where she's being held hostage to be like, "I'm here," and then. <laughs> Later on, when she let he lets her go or helps her to leave, she's like, "But you'll get you'll get killed now too." And he's like, "Like the fact that she cares baffled me." She's been like, "Peace, like I don't give a fuck if you die. <laughs> You're part of this shit." And I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> you know she she seemed like she would have been right at place in like a canon film, like a a Death Wish or something. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, she was just she felt that bill so so well. I was like, oh yeah, you you got bitten and victims like just crawled all over you. <laughs> uh, like the fact that what was it the the two thug guys like survived the first attack from the Incredible Hulk. Also, it's like I feel like this Hulk doesn't hurt the bad guys enough. Like, as strong as he is, it destroys everything. They never get put down. I feel like this Hulk is like wimpy Hulk compared to what we get in comics and everything else where he's like, in the first one, he got grazed by a bullet. And he's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> And then he punches a car and the car doesn't like rip in half. He just kind of like slightly dents the hood <laughs> and then in the second one he throws a guy out the door like grabs him by the collar and the belt and just yeets him and the dude gets up and walks away yep like, i think he Hello? did more damage to that bear than he did to anybody <laughs> right and then you when he finds say- thor he's like i'm gonna throw hands <laughs> but only kinda hey you guys have talked about this before right but Bill Bixby has a full beard at the beginning of this, and when he hulks out that first time, that beard is gone. Hulk is clean shaven. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I mean, that's a thing that happens in the comic books all the time. Like, even when Thunderbolt Ross, who famously has a mustache, becomes Red Hulk, he didn't have a mustache. So it's just no, the, when you that become I can the understand. But how does the mustache or the beard come back? I can understand if you hulk out so hard, like your facial hair just like blows out of your pores. Like it just like leaves your skin. Yeah, like it just pushes all the hair out. But like you go back to normal. How does that hair come back to the exact same length that was there before? I mean, and- you're, you're thinking it the wrong way. His face becomes so hulked out. The muscles grow around the beard. Oh. And then when he goes back, it just. It just it just recedes, and the facial hair was there all along. Correct. Okay, I yeah. got it. I'm that there makes, with you now. That makes sense. That's exactly how follicle yeah. pores work. <laughs> you know, it's nothing about like they forgot. <laughs> uh, Lou Ferrigno just did not want to wear a fake beard. Like he already had to wear the stupid wig, and he was like, "This this is enough, guys." Which so- I want to talk about at this point. Four four movies in. They are really just getting lazy with the makeup. Like, honestly. <laughs> Around there the you go, ends, you're four? This is the fourth there you movie. Go. 
You're you're vaguely green. Go be the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got there's like but my fingers are still not green. Nah, eh, it's good enough. Like even the part when he's in the subway and he goes to run after one of the the bad guys uh or even to run away. Like it's such a wide shot, you can see the like sandals that he's wearing instead of just yeah, being barefoot. He's wearing, he's wearing Hulk footies, especially in the courtroom scene when he's like lifting up the the uh, juror box or whatever that was called again. Uh-huh. He's wearing like green Hulk footies, like these little like ballet slippers that are just like spray painted green. <laughs> like I said, they're just getting a little lazy. I have no words. <laughs> I have no words, honestly. I'm, let me pull my mic closer here. I didn't want to be eating chips into the mic because I have no words. I'm sorry. No, it's I'm like pull my mic closer. I'm I'm burnt out on Bill Bixby's Hulk. <laughs> well, we only have one more, and I think it's I'm, not next week. It's the week after that. It's the week after. We have Captain America between now and then. I which think which you've already watched. By accident, because for some reason I was like, oh, yeah, this is the first Captain America movie. This makes sense. Wait, <laughs> why are there like, why, why are there punks in this movie? <laughs> oh, I'm in the wrong time. <laughs> okay. Why is the shield clear? <laughs> no, the clear one was the right one. Mm, the clear one was the 70s. Oh, correct. The one that he was supposed to watch. Or the, and, um, yeah, that, that was not so bad. That was that was a fun movie. We could talk about that all we want next week. But this one is like how much how much more can you milk out of the Incredible Hulk? I know that the next one is Death of the Incredible Hulk. Is that going to be like an hour and a half of a eulogy? Is that going to no. be? Is that going to be the? Is that going to be Daredevil coming up and being like, "Yo, so one time I fought this guy with him, and that was pretty rad." Is that going to be? Like Thor coming back and be like, ah, yes, me and the troll. <laughs> I do hope that they bring back like Daredevil and, and Thor. I have no idea if they do. There's only one thing I really know about this this fifth movie. Uh, I'm not going to say it now because it's good, just in case anybody has, else hasn't seen the... I haven't seen it, so spoilers. 30-year-old movie. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, I do want. I did want to ask. Like, did anybody else? Like, is there any other character that you would love to see them like debut on the Incredible Hulk? Like they did Thor and and uh, Daredevil at this point. Like, who else of the current MCU would you like to have seen the Hulk team up with? You know what? And it's gonna sound like a meme because I bring him up a lot, but this is this is dead serious. Because the Hulk cannot do standalone movies. Use the Hulk to introduce characters from now on. I mean, that's what we're going to do moving forward. But I'm just saying, like, in 1990, what version, what character would you have liked to have seen 1990-ized, basically? (laughs) Because we saw what Thor from 1988 would have looked like, and we saw what Daredevil from 1989 would look like. So what do you think... uh, Hawkeye from 1991 was going to look like. Hawkeye from 91 would have been cool. I know John just said uh, She-Hulk. Ooh, I would have I um, liked to see that. Do you have a preferred uh, casting for She-Hulk there? Who, who do you think would have been a good Jennifer Walters? Um, whoever played Sable in the, um, the first iteration of the American Gladiators. 
Oh. <laughs> okay. That's the reason why I know this off the top of my head. <laughs> um, I would be down. Give me. Give me Wolverine. Ooh. Because we have nomadic Bill Bixby, David Banner. Throw him up in Canada at some point at some like logging company. I mean, and it, then, w- it would have made sense. It's where it's where the Wolverine first showed up was in the Incredible Hulk comic book. So, uh, yeah, I would have loved to have seen that. And do you have a preferred casting? Would you have gone with short Wolverine? So would it have mm. been Danny DeVito? <laughs> no, that would have been Puck. Yeah, as perfect as as perfect as Danny DeVito would have been for the Wolverine in his younger years, especially after Twins. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't know off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of actors in that time frame. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't think of who would have been. Give, give me like an action star from that time because we've already used Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> um. But it'd have to be someone what? that would be willing to do TV. Oh, true. That that makes it I don't know. Joe Piscopo. <laughs> right, John? That would have been a good one. I'm sure who? I'm sure Ian wouldn't know. Well, you might you ever watch Sidekicks with uh Chuck Norris? Yes. I have to I'm Googling real quick to get a face in my head, but the name sounds really familiar. What you're saying is is Joe Piscopo. I bet he would have made a interesting Wolverine. <laughs> Well, well, I mean, he was definitely buff enough, but damn, like that's a that's a hard one to justify. <laughs> I mean, he was buff. That's the that's all I'm going for, and probably willing to do. This, TV. this is true. You know who? You know, kind of completely tangential to all this. I wanted to bring up two additional points. Uh, I messed up. Saber is actually a black guy from American Gladiators. I meant Ice. Ice. Ice is the okay. one I was trying to talk. About. Yeah. I think I confused it with Sable from WWE. You did. But that's a whole different mm, thing. Yep. Um, and you know, speaking of comedians who got inextricably, like inexplainably muscular, David Carrot Gutenberg. Top? I was going to say uh, Carrot Top. No, no Gutenberg um, from Police Academy. His first name wasn't David, was it? What was it? Who was he? That, Steve, that Gutenberg Steve Gutenberg guy. Steve Gutenberg. Yes. Have you ever seen uh, Party Down? Uh, I haven't seen Party Down, but I do know like I he was in an episode of Veronica Mars, and yeah, he's he got pretty yoked. He got jacked, man. Like <laughs> it's ridiculous. They, uh, yeah, it, it, it's weird. I'm like, dude, like boredom and fame does weird things to people. <laughs> did you get to see a picture uh, of Joe Piscopo there, Ian? I did, and I, I mean, like. I'd still watch it, but like, eh. But I'm going to go with, um, do, do you think we could have gotten Steven Seagal to do it? Ooh. Wow. No, I think the 90s was the height of his popularity. <laughs> to, be, to be Wolverine? Yeah. You know, you know who one of the people who I've heard would have been a good Wolverine back in, like, back in the early 90s when Wizard Magazine, before they even had a toy for uh, extension, was doing fan castings? One of the first ones they ever got right, like right off the bat, was Professor X being uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. Like they pretty much guessed that right from the beginning. They did. But I believe one of the options that they thought of for Wolverine was Glenn Danzig. I've heard that before in the past. 
And back then, I think it would have been pretty accurate. Like, that dude was, like, definitely very swole and could probably do the whole gruff, like, attitude, you know, portrayal. What about, what about, like, Snake Plissken, Kurt Russell? (laughs) In the 80s, yes. Because like he did, he did escape from he did escape from Los Angeles and escape from New York. Yeah, um, where he's just that like, and he's that's that's who Solid Snake from the Metal yep. Gear franchise is based off of. But that's like, correct. and slightly Michael Bean. But like, who Michael I Bean? Mean, Michael yeah. Bean might have made a good good uh, Wolverine. I see him a little bit more like a Scott Summers, to be honest. Oh. I would agree. Okay, that's fair. All right. Oh, and well, on this page, it's a picture of Galactus drinking the world with a crazy straw. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the next question is, in the toy package that was the Daredevil from this movie, what is the accessory? Uh, well, he had a billy club. He had his billy club and he had his... Uh, his blind person stick. I don't know. Blind cane. His Sorry. cane. Yeah. Just, don't want to offend anybody. I think anybody. it's just called a cane. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you should definitely have two two helm uh, two heads interchangeable. One with the mask over the eyes, and one with the completely revealed head, because he does reveal his identity to gain the Hulk's trust at one point, or Bill mm-hmm. Bixby. Um, which, by the way, Bill Bixby in this movie, before he shaved the beard off, I don't think he did. He shave the beard off. I think he did at some point. Yes, he does. After he yeah, before he shaped the, yeah, before he shapes the beard, he totally has an old man Logan look. Like he's got the flannel shirt with like the high rise mom jeans and the scruffy hair. Like he totally could be old man Logan right there. I, I don't know if either one of you is watching a show on Fox right now called Prodigal Son. It has Michael Sheen in it, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, if you go and look at Michael Sheen in that, or even on the show Staged, uh, which I talked about before. Um, you see him with the beard and the crazy hair. He looks exactly like uh, Bill Bixby in this movie. Like th- this is wow. how Michael Sheen looks like now. Damn. There goes my light again. What the hell? <laughs> it just it just does not want to be up, man. No, it's like nah. I'm out. This movie was garbo. <laughs> what about like in that. the? I can't be bothered. What about in the <laughs> official toy uh, packaging for the Kingpin in this movie? What 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 is his accessory? Oh. He's got to have uh, the visor and the headset. <laughs> and um, give him two, like, ninja bodyguards that when you, like, when you, like, squeeze their legs or something, they do this. <laughs> yes. I would, I would go so far as to say give him a whole play set, and it's basically him with a desk, a chair, and, like, a wall of six television screens. Yes. That's a nice play set right there. I like that. And then the Oop. the build the build the character is his creepy like right hand man guy. No, it's that <laughs> that jet cover craft that he takes off in at the end. <laughs> I w- I hoped it said something on the site like um, like property of the Baxter Building or something because that's so look like the Fantastic Four mobile whatever it is that they call it. Do you remember in the nineteen like, the nineties Spider Man TV series like the the Kingpin like his secret headquarters at the top of that skyscraper like the whole side like pops down in the cartoon in the animated series oh vaguely yeah i think like alisher Smythe was there a lot i think yeah <laughs> uh i wanted to bring up something by the way 
Um, so in most iterations of the gyro double that I'm aware of, he suffers the accident. He realizes he's got these hyper senses and he just starts training, you know, stick famously starts training him in like martial arts. He uses his additional skills to just be like hyper aware. And then he decides he's going to use these skills to start fighting crime. We get a sort of origin story in this movie made for TV movie where he gets inspired by a like ultra honest policeman about how somebody should be a daredevil and, you know, risk his life to fight organized crime. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to do that. <laughs> and he literally, what they show us the training montage where he's already a grown-ass adult and he's doing gymnastics to get to, like, that level of performance that he would need to be to be a modern-day ninja. <laughs> this wasn't something that happened from him as a kid. He was like, no, this, this police officer's talking some good sense right now. I should take what I have and use that to my advantage as a nighttime vigilante. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I think they, I, I'm guessing if they would have made this into a TV show, you would have elaborated on the origin. But yeah, it was a lot of, I have these powers. I've done nothing with them because I'm not a normal <laughs> blind person. Uh, so I guess I should start doing gymnastics and become a ninja. Might as well, right? You know, and that's the natural progression I'm, there. I'm glad they at least did keep it comic accurate, though, where they say, you know, yeah, I rescued some old dude from getting run over. The, you know, green radioactive stuff hit me in the face and I've been blind ever since. But now I can do all this other school stuff because I just love how that tangentially ties into the Ninja Turtles. How <laughs> Eastman and Laird, they purposely made it a joke to say that the Ninja Turtles, in the comic anyway, were directly related, but unofficially to the Daredevil origin because they just like poking fun at Frank Miller. <laughs> because he went up against they went up against the foot when he goes up against the hand yep and one of them was called master splinter the other one was stick stick you know that's it's, right it all ties together i knew i knew the like like coincidence of the ooze i didn't put it together foot hand stick splinter <laughs> i didn't put the rest of it together oh man no yeah they were totally aping on miller I and it's like super seriousness. I mean, oh my goodness. I believe in the in the Kevin Eastman original book, like it's even his it's even um young Matt Murdock's turtles that fall down into the grate. I think you're right. Yeah, I think they hit him in the face and the canister knocks the yeah. the glass the thing that he's carrying them in. Yeah. Mhm. Okay. It's like he says world's destroyed. <laughs> We are one more episode down, Ian. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. It's only three months. You can do this Ugh. standing on your head. Ugh. <laughs> hey, at least you still got the Fantastic Four to look forward to. That's where things no. are picking up. <laughs> <laughs> we, still have, we still have David Hasselhoff and Nick Fury to get through. <laughs> That's right. Ooh, and Generation X. Oh, yeah. no. Don't remind me of that, John. Don't remind and, me. Oh yeah, I like that hey, one. You know, it was it was charming. I like Triple hey, E. Mitch, I'm down to skip to Blade if you are. No, we can't do that. We, we've made this commitment. <laughs> hey, we can make it a No Ian's episode, and I'll fill in. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 make him that offer. Don't make don't, uh, don't. don't make Ian that offer. 
Totally. I think you should bring in Jess specifically for Generation X, and she just loved watching all those X-Men cartoons recently. Oh, man, I was watching her tweets for that. That was a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, John, where can people find you online to talk to you more about Uh, all this? uh, You can find me now on Twitter, at Magic Bollocks, and if you feel so inclined, uh, on Discord, also at Magic Bollocks. (laughs) <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> that was just for you, Ian. I'm so proud. Well, I, I was talking shit last week. <laughs> exactly, and I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike the other people in this whole networking podcast, I listen to the shit y'all others record. <laughs> So I was actively talking shit last week. (laughs) This is the direct result. So congratulations. If this is what it takes to get you for some brand singularity, I'll do it. We're going to get you to change other social media. I I texted Mitch. He's like, was he talking shit? What the fuck? (laughs) I I have no idea if he was talking about you or not. I have no idea if Ian was talking about you or not. Well, uh, confirmed. <laughs> Ian, where can people find you online? <laughs> Hi, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Ianflux. You can also talk to me on Twitter at Ianflux12 and over on Instagram at Ianflux. That's I A N F L U X. And on Twitter, I A N F L U X. The number's one, two. And if you like tabletop RPG kind of stuff, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, Shadowrun, then on Saturday, here on the Twitch channel, we're playing Wizards and Webs, uh, playing Wizards and Webcams. That is our Dungeons and Dragons game. On Thursdays, you can catch me over at twitch.tv slash jbrews, where I am on the cast for We Run the Night, a Shadowrun game. So come hang out. It's a good time. Hey, Mitch, I heard that you have social media things and or followings that you do, as well as maybe a Patreon that could or could not maybe exist. I don't know. Tell the people. That's right. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia. G-E-M-G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geekelitemedia.com. Then go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash geeklymedia, so you can be one of our patrons and get all the exclusive material that you can only get if you are one of our patrons. And whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us so it helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, we'll make sure Ian is still here. This is Journey into Mystery (laughs) saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.